Good evening, Mr. Brent. We're back with Rolling Star. We're just kind of getting right into it. We are very limited on time. <laughs> yeah. um, no. Oof. But yeah, no, we've uh, took a took a leave of absence last week, I guess, because of weathers. Yeah, that's very true. It flooded pretty bad over here yeah. in our neck of the woods. And uh, kicking right off with the episode <laughs> on Combat Shock. Yeah, Combat Shock. You know, we kind of came into this like... Completely blind. Yeah, it's like, all right, we need really? to record something today. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I got a film we can watch. Yeah. Um, Neither of us had seen it. I'd only watched like the first like 20, 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Um, Out of 100 minutes yeah. for the uh, director's cut, The American Nightmare. Yeah, which is... A what, fucking nightmare. What we're all living Oh my god, dude. Um, right, where to begin? So, okay, yeah, Combat Shock is about uh, Frankie. Yeah, Mr. Played by, Frankie. Played by Ricky G. G. And also directed by his brother, I think. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy G. G. Um, <laughs> so uh, we had a reason to do that again. Yeah. Um, which uh, I'm happy. I could uh, just right off the Honestly, end, we, we can call this episode a success. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, if, uh, if there's any positive thing about this episode... It's the fact that we got to throw two G's back. Yeah, not, back. not one, but two. Yeah. So, like, we also had uh, Veronica Stork playing his uh, wife, Kathy. His loving, loving wife. God damn. Um, and they lived in a shitty-ass apartment in Staten Island. Uh, Ricky had just come back. or uh, Frankie. Frankie, sorry, not Ricky. That's the actor. Frankie had uh, just uh, been back for about 15 years after the Vietnam War, suffered heavy PTSD and um, had a very traumatic experience over in Vietnam. Yeah, imagine that. Time. Like, uh, like most folks who were over there, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and it manifests daily uh, in the film. Uh, we are shown uh, he's very much suffering from PTSD. Yep, yep. Uh, just He has just vague, vague, uh, like, fever nightmare dreams. Yeah, that's how we kind of get to see some of his uh, combat experience like that over in Vietnam. Uh, where, you know, like, we initially see him running through a jungle uh, across multiple bodies, just completely disgustingly Straight up butchered, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he ends up killing a possibly innocent woman, and then uh, some VC end up chasing him down, beating like, the fuck out of him. More like just poking him into, into submission. Yeah, they poked him with sticks and It's a, a weird scene. It's, a, it's, it's weird. A, it's weird. Yeah. It's um, weird. It's, um... <laughs> what to say? Um, God damn! It's, I'm assuming pretty low budget. Yeah, it had to have been. I mean, yeah. between uh, how the actors delivered their lines. I mean, this is 1984, so you know that there were good films. I believe it was. Oh uh, yeah, 1984. I think it had a theats a limited. I'm assuming theatrical release. Yep, of and 91 ma- minutes. In uh, 1986. Makes sense. Makes sense. And um, so after he gets poked and prodded a whole bunch, he ends up getting taken as a POW. Yeah, but we're not really we don't we don't see that just yet. It kind of yeah. he, he kind of comes to in his shitty New it's, York apartment. Yeah, it's a hodgepodge kind of jigsaw puzzle of a of a story figuring out exactly what happened to Frankie. Uh, David Lynch fans will kind of start to notice similarities between uh, this film and Eraserhead. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, Brent, what was the year Eraserhead came out? Do you remember it all? 74. Okay, so... Uh, you know, it was being made for, like, 10 years mm-hmm. on and off. Right. 
And uh, what's the immediate similarity between uh, Eraserhead and uh, Combat Shock? A fucking mutant alien baby? Yeah, that just will not stop crying. Yeah, the explanation in this film is that uh, Rick... G, um, yeah, sorry. Frankie. Frankie, yes, thank you. Um, uh, was uh, exposed to, like, ancient Agent Orange. Yeah. And that's... It fucked with his seed, man. Yeah, and so, uh, wife gave birth to alien baby. It's always hungry. It's always crying. They have no must fucking money. They have nothing. Yeah, it's just, a year All they have is sour milk. <laughs> That's literally... And then whatever fucking weird cool shit yeah. that they had. But yeah, so, like, they have zero money, zero food. Baby's about a year old, so it can no longer be breastfed, but it looks about the size of a newborn baby. And, uh, looks like a fucking xenomorph, pretty much. It looks. <laughs> I, I mentioned when we were watching it. It it, it kept reminding me of a uh, RoboCop without the mask. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, I feel like we've been like watching baby this movie RoboCop. For years. Baby baby maskless RoboCop. Baby RoboCop. I don't know why. I mean, baby like, RoboCop. Just, just kind of like the weird bald shaped head and the fleshy, <laughs> grayish yeah tone to mask. Those, yeah. Just kind of dead. Already dead. <laughs> it's this is a fucking depressing movie. It really is. Yeah. Uh, on the back of the DVD case, one of the reviews actually said, uh, will make you want to slit your wrists. I mean, I can see where they're yeah. coming from. It really delivered on the Okay, I'll read this. Um, like a bullet to the head, uh, Giovinazzo's world is horrific, and the movie's conclusion will never be forgotten. I would agree with that. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good conclusion, honestly. Uh, raw, nightmarish, and absolutely devastating. Fair enough. Ranks among the most uncompromising and powerful indie films of the 80s. Indie film, yes. Yeah. Makes you want to slit your wrist, yes. Uh, he was a, okay, yeah, that's by uh, John M., John McNaughton, per, uh, director of uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh-huh. Which is about, uh, Henry. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, he, Michael Rooker played him, though. Oh, okay. It was, it was starring Michael Rooker, I mean, mm-hmm. about a serial killer. I can't remember the name. Yeah. Motherfucking Yondu, Mary Poppins, and shit. Um, yeah, then, finally, one of the most harrowing and painfully honest horror films I have ever seen. An overwhelming depiction of one man's hell. Yeah. 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 Though, honestly, um, I'm not sure what they're trying to get at with that final review. Like, harrowing, because, honestly, to me, like, I pull no punches here on the podcast, but harrowing <laughs> to me because, oh, fuck, what a... Mm grind fest to get through it for me honestly yeah. and it wasn't because of the visuals it wasn't because of the the content of the movie but rather uh it's a bit of a strange pace it's a strange pace it's got a lot of uh that sort of uh what do you want to call it like a monologue going over everything like a narration yeah via frankie yeah while he's walking through this completely desolate the other film that it gets compared to is yeah. taxi driver yep Exactly. So it's you know, like it's 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 taxi driver meets Eraserhead. Yeah. And you get you get combat. It's Apocalypse Now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I but would like say. not as fun as Apocalypse Now, nor as good as Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. But um, nor as wacky as Eraserhead. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I, I I am so on the fence with it, dude. Yeah. But I feel like um, like I don't feel like I wasted my time with the movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like. I had a cinematic experience that, like, necessarily I wouldn't 
get rid of or feel bad that I forgot about the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but if someone's like, hey, have you seen Combat Shock? I'd be like, yeah, please, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Combat Shock. Yeah, which it's a good thing that we're doing that right fucking now because uh, I, I need to get things off my chest. Mm-hmm. So going back to Frankie's whole life uh, in Staten Island, 15 years after he comes back, he leaves the apartment to go search for work or money or food, something. Anything. Literally, it's, it's very like it, might, it. It was probably like <clears throat> it was probably uh, shot in like the early '80s, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't know if it takes place in the '70s because it would kind of make sense because it's New York, uh, '70s New York, very known for being like a shitty scum town. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just the 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 location that a lot of the film takes place in is like. It's desolate. Just the like shops are fucking shut every down. Every shop is closed. Iron trash crates. everywhere. Yeah, trash. Like they didn't needles. have to spend any time actually making sets yeah. look bad. You could tell that they literally could just just probably went into just these forgotten, empty parts of town. Yeah, and just shot and like the whole know. the whole film just feels like it has a layer of fucking grime over it. Yes, exactly. Like you were just uh, crawling through maggots, soot and trash and uh you're right there with frankie like it, it, i think that's one thing that that's one thing it's pretty it. yeah it's um the it's cinematography is is fairly well done because it puts you right there next to frankie and you're just like dude i want to get out but the whole time frankie's life is it, showing you that he absolutely it, fucking can't get out it goes between like him and his shitty hellish like mm-hmm. shit town uh, yeah. life and then something will, you know, bring him back into Vietnam or when he spent time in a hospital. Mm-hmm. When he spent time uh, in a fucking bamboo cage. Yeah. Like a little torture cube. Yeah. Very cold, being eaten by maggots, he says. Apparently. He, he, yeah. would, he would have us believe. Yeah. As he had said, like, later in the film. Uh-huh. But, uh, so, like, Frankie's life now as a Vietnam War vet... With no money, no food, trying facing to, eviction, facing eviction, as well as um, apparently some gangsters. That he owes money. Yeah, that he owes money. One man by the name of Paco, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paco and his gang they have uh, some great names: Morba and Labo. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, not to be confused with Nintendo Labo. Uh huh. Made out of cardboard. Ahead of its time, this film was. Though I feel like Labo's acting quality was that of Nintendo Labo. <laughs> it was a uh, fucking cardboard. <laughs> well, he was like, yeah, I hear they like to, they like to, they pay extra money for like retarded babies. <laughs> and I was like, haha, wow. I'm like, wow, what a story. <laughs> what a story, Labo. You're yeah. so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy. It seems crazy, to me Labo. you're the experts. <laughs> I'm retarded babies. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's <laughs> not say that word anymore on this channel. Um, right? I fuck it. Like the the that's a good point though. Is like the the dialogue in the film is just so fucking coarse. Yeah, it's very coarse. I mean, uh, obviously, nineteen eighty four. Like the acting isn't gonna win any awards. No, and the writing's not gonna win any awards. Uh, I do, I do, I for the most part, I do like Ricky's portrayal as Frankie. Yeah, yeah, I think just his look and his demeanor. He looks like a guy who's lived through this shit. Yeah, and is just like at the end of his fucking rope. Yep, 
And uh, he's just well past the end of his rope. He's just in the pit now. Right, and he runs into his friend Mike, who is actually you find out that there's a little bit more rope because he could be in Mike's position, who's like drug-addled, ready to literally hold somebody up and like you know kill them for money or drugs or whatever. And uh, you know, so like they go on a walk for a while, and um, Mike ends up leaving Frankie to go and try and uh, fucking. Um, uh, you think he just mugged this girl? Mugged. That's the word I was. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to mug a girl. Yeah. And uh, Frankie's just like, no, well, this ain't the right answer. Yeah, like because right, like Frankie. Frank, bye. As he for runs the most off part, he's to trying mug. to hold on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's several points in the film, you know, where he's just trying to like, it's like, why, why, why are you living like this? Mm-hmm. You, you can do better, like. Oh yeah, exactly. This isn't the way. Like, we can't do this. Yeah, despite despite being so low mm-hmm. and uh, having nothing, he still has some sort of code of honor and like dignity and, and dignity. He hasn't completely given up. Yeah, and so like we just kind of follow him as he walks around town, and um, you know rehashes some of the things that had happened to him. Mm-hmm. You see, like just this incredibly dark, dismal shitty place that he lives in you're like there is literally nothing he's been unemployed for four months so there is absolutely nothing his wife wants him to get a hold of his dad to reconcile yes yeah he's estranged father yeah to reconcile and uh hopefully he can help cash yeah because he had a business and like you know it was thriving he's got money you know and it's it's help that they need but uh, it's it alluded he had a falling out of his father and then yeah. went for Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And, and then Frankie still has him. not yeah, yeah. Uh, talked to him since he's been back. So for over 15 years, at least, well, yeah, at least 15 years. And um, <clears throat> he's got too much pride. He doesn't want to ask his dad for any help and says, you know, that's not my fucking father. He wasn't a father to me. And yeah. Kathy's like, well, you were no son to him, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, ah, ah, and then he runs, you know. And the classic classic uh, family domestic dispute. Yep, with a crying alien baby that cries. We've all been through a synthesizer. We were all the alien baby at some point. <laughs> I'm glad I grew out of my alien. <laughs> yeah, we don't all grow out of <laughs> We don't always grow out of the alien baby syndromes. Um, so what else? Like... What else happens during the film? Yeah, like, I mean, it's... I mean, his buddy Mike ends up having a terrible fate. Yeah, yeah, he... he, He's he's scrounging the ground, this shitty spot for needles. Yeah. Decides he doesn't want to use them. After he scores some uh, drugs from Paco and his... And, and friends. Yeah, Paco and friends. And they're like, did you give him the shit? So I'm, I'm guessing they, like, gave him... Some drugs that were bad, probably bad. just like fatal. Yeah, because uh, he he cuts open his shitty like drug vein. Yeah, and just kind of like sprinkles dabs it in there. Yeah, dabs it in there. Dabs it in there. <laughs> As I throw my neck out from dabbing. <laughs> What's that? What's that? No, I'm way too. I'm, I'm. The joke is that I'm old. Oh yeah. And then if I try and do like. <gasps> Cool shit. Uh, I'll just uh, break. Yeah, <laughs> fall apart. Um, yeah, it's just really, 
just like one scene after another, it's just like, ugh. It keeps getting worse. Like, ugh. And fucking, ugh. Yeah, think of like, if I had to live like that, which like, when you get to 25 plus, yeah, it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. How long can this last? Yep. Those thoughts kind of creep into your head, and then yeah, you see a absolutely. film like this, and it's just like, well, at least I'm not like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing okay. So I think, yeah, maybe that's why people should watch Combat Shock. Yeah, like if you want to feel, if you want to feel better about your life, mm-hmm. Combat Shock. Yeah, it's that might be a reason you might want to watch it. Right. Um, <laughs> or if you liked Eraserhead and you want to see a film like, like Eraserhead, Head. and you also like Taxi Driver, and you want to watch another film like Taxi Driver, um, Combat Shock. Another thing to add, yeah, um, it's also a very violent film. It's very gory. Incredibly, yeah. Like the, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, pull its punches on the violence. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of visceral. Yeah, it's like it, it doesn't really spare you any details, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Yeah, I mean, like you know how uh, most films, especially around this time, would use. Uh, you know, like your foam rubber or possibly, you know, like uh, silicone things to, to make a gruesome scene. I feel like they used, like, a lot of meat. Just, like, meat yeah. <laughs> in general to, to create the, uh, the awful and uh, all of the other d- dismembered body parts and things. So now that we've talked about a lot of the film... Mm-hmm. Um, do you probably go to the end? Yeah, I mean... Like, I don't have a lot to say. There's a scene he's waiting. Um, it has a pretty decent soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's a nice, really like, good, yeah. it's a nice synth score. I would say that. It's a nice it's synth score with apparently, some fun, uh, apparently fun made, noises here and there. It's um, got some good white noise going on in there. Yeah, it's, it's, like, sonically. Yeah. If I can put on my hipster glasses here. Yeah. It's 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 well done. I, I like what it's got. Apparently, it was, um... The music was made by Ricky G. Huh. Yeah. Man of many talents, then. Yeah. Acting is kind of one of them. But kind I would of. say definitely, like, as far as music goes, especially the when you're The sound is dead that. on. Yeah. The sound is dead on. And, like, there's some really standout visual scenes, I yes, think. Yes, absolutely. That'll yeah. kind of stick with you. Mm-hmm. And, and the sound for those scenes, again, really good. So, you know, if you if you really enjoyed, um, like, the sound of Eraserhead and everything like that, you can find a lot of that here. Yeah, I think you'll find a lot to like in that department. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a scene where he's waiting in, like, an unemployment line, and nothing really comes of it. Yeah. Because it's just like kind of like useless government guys. They're just like, yeah, there's nothing for you. Why don't you go back to school? He's like, I, I can't. I have to look after my family. Yep. Even though like nowadays it'd be like, how do you expect me to pay for that, you dumb bitch? Yeah, exactly. And the government would be like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's your money. Yeah. Oh, my mistake, friend. Um. So, you know, it's... It's a hard day, you know. He's got gangsters threatening him, like, "Hey, you better give my money tomorrow, yeah, or, or else." Yeah. Well, he said that he would put his fucking wife out on the street. Put his wife, and to that's work. where the fucking stupid shit about his baby yeah, came and then, in. Like, sell his baby or whatever. Yeah, to like a freak show, or is, I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah, underground Some freak show. And, weird uh, ass shit. He, eventually, he decides he's had enough. He mm-hmm. passes apparently the same girl. That who, Mike was gonna mug. Who who found Mike's dead body, yeah. this lady, uh, pilfered his gun off him, uh-huh. and then uh, Frankie happens to be passing by, 
And he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe I do need to rob to get by. I'm right. not go- he, said, I think he says, I can't go home empty-handed. Yep. So he ends up uh, swiping this girl's purse. And she's like, ah. After she ah. decks her in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then. None other than. Paco and co. Yeah. <laughs> happen to be on the streets. They're like, hey. And they, they're chasing after him. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, pretty funky chasing going on, you know? Right. Very New York chasing. And kind of gets to, like, the... The precipice. Where he snaps. Yep. And this is where... He has his full PTSD attack. By this time, we've already seen everything that he had to deal with in Vietnam. Um, he he did try and call his father. Yep. Um, his father's like, yeah, hey... I thought you were fucking dead. Yeah, My son one. died in Saigon. Yeah. Um, I have no money, and I am about to die. My wife is dead. Everything yep. close to me has died. Yep. My business and is I am, gone. Default. And I am waiting to die. Yep. And he's like, oh, okay, well, he's trying to, like, connect with his father, but his father's just like, no, like, I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm not going to look I have also given up, yeah. Yeah. Gaven up. Gaven up. Gaven up. And it's just, like, one of those things where it's like, yeah, uh, literally nothing good happens in nothing this Nothing good film. happens anyway. There's not one redeemable character in this film. Yeah, I mean, even after he finishes that phone call with his dad, there's the other guy who is literally just, like, crying in his hands outside the phone booth, and then he goes yeah. in the phone booth. I thought we were going to watch him blow his brains out right. in the phone booth. Almost. He'd be like, there is no sun, like, Paris sunshine, only eternal winter, and then he shoots himself in the mouth. <laughs> That's a Danger 5 reference. I love it. it. Um, I love it. But yeah, so, like, we when we get to see some of the we, Vietnam and we uh, flashbacks... See, there's another scene where Frankie's trying to kind of, like, do the right thing. Yeah. He kind of just passes, like... This prostitute hanging out with some younger ladies. Oh, yes. I don't know their relation to her, but they're they're swearing at each other and screaming. He's like, hey, like, stop it. Why don't you be a kid and let me hang out with you? Mm-hmm. But then, like, this pimp comes. He's like, hey, you yeah, trying to get a freebie? He was trying to, like, literally find just, something good of the day. Just trying to let be this let this kid be a kid. You know, yep. like, don't, don't sell yourself. Don't mm-hmm. talk like this. Don't. Yeah. You don't need to be this person. You can, you, you, you're still young, you know, like... Um, it's it's kind of a nice scene until like it's you know ruined. Yeah, by I don't, the I don't mean yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best lines in the film. Yeah, it really was. It, it probably was. Um, <laughs> it's like if I wanted you to sing or dance or something. Yeah, sing and dance. I'd call Gene Kelly, and then one of the prostitutes like, "Who's Gene Kelly?" And then he, it's just like the angriest like fucking mean mug turn to like turn around like, <laughs> "Bitch, you don't know Gene Kelly." It was really fucking good. It was pretty good. And then he almost gets, uh, you know, the pimp almost beats the shit out of Frankie because he's like, you're trying to take a free ride. And he's blah, like, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, God. I just do what Paco tells me. Yeah. The whole film keeps coming back to, like, pa- Paco has a hand in fucking up everybody's life in this town. Yep. Seems like it. He keeps the shit under more shit. Yes. And all of that shit under his heel. To give you an idea of, like, the. The, the environment the yeah. women the further you know the further build this world of combat shock yeah uh, it's grotesque and dismal yeah yeah it's like how do you live with yourself he's like I just do it I, you know and then we're just kind of joking around like I have to make this money in this horrible society <laughs> this dead end society where life has no meaning I do not have time for your metaphorical questions and yeah. your philosophical ideas yeah good day sir and then <laughs> and then he takes his hose elsewhere yeah so 
as disjointed as uh, Frankie's memories here. Yeah. We go back to at the end of the chase scene. Um, they catch up the Frankie and like beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. The big fucking cool guy um, <laughs> is just like. Oh yeah, uh, punching on either him. Morba or Loba. Yeah, two uh, Labo. Sorry. Yeah, Labo. Yeah. Not Lobo. There's um, cool shades and like a fucking like, chains and like a Japanese he, bandana. He's like stereotypical '80s goon. He really was. He he is a random battle in Yakuza Zero. He is Captain Rando. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so he gets the shit kicked out of him and like they yank the purse out of his hands while the gun the, falls. Yeah, down. the gun falls down. I think he finds it. And I, it, kind I guess of he, hides it. Yeah, I guess he hides it from them. And they're, you know, they have their fun with them. They're like, yeah, hey, you can't resort to crime, Frankie. Yeah. You can't take this stolen money. Like, towards your debt. Yeah. You didn't earn it. Yeah. And he's like, and then, yeah, I guess that's when he's like, yep, I'm I'm, I'm completely snapped now. Yep. He's like, yeah, I've, he decides he's become God. Yeah. Now that he has a, the gun. Yep. And then he... He kind of just wastes everybody. Oh, yeah. But Without he, relent. Yeah, and he's just like, hey. And then kind of guns him down. And very, very violent. For it, like, it's it's well shot. Yeah. Just, like, considering what they had to work with, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of tell he's lost it, because he, he shoots all the bullets in the gun, but cool guy, Mr. Captain Rando, yeah. is trying to crawl away. And he, you know, walks up to him, and is just like, points the gun right to the back of his head while he's on the ground. Uh, Captain Rando's like clicking. You, you can't help but kind of feel bad for him even though he's done nothing to make you feel any sort of sympathy besides just yeah. like, I just don't want to see another human being get fucked with like this. Yeah. And he just holds his hand on the back of his head like that's yep. going to stop, stop him. Stop a bullet. Yeah, and it's so pathetic that it's just sad. Yeah. And he's just clicking Frankie's, the gun. Yeah, just literally like clicking the hammer. And then he's just like, oh wait, and he kind of walks back and then just picks up all the bullets and then puts them in his pocket and then leaves. Yeah. And it's like other things that Frankie had to deal with, like, that he kind of uh, saw in his uh, flashbacks. Like, obviously, like we said, he was a POW. He was being tortured for information. He almost gets his finger snipped off. Yeah. With, like, pliers. Yeah, and, like, that scene was just really strange. There was, like, another American POW there who was actually like, a translator. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Turncoat kind of guy. Uh... You know, he was in that bamboo box for a long time. After all of this shit, um, you find out that, yeah, he was in this hospital for three years while they were doing, like, testing on him. He was in near-vegetative state. He uh, he couldn't remember anything. Yeah. He just, he, or at least he claimed to. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he kind of snaps right there and then remembers everything. everything saying that they were done. supposed to, yep, everything that he had done as well as his uh, his squad. Uh, where they actually went into a village that they were supposed to essentially raid. And um, every woman and child had killed themselves before they could actually get there. So he says. Yeah, so he says. Saying that they were the survivors. uh, Saying that they were the real survivors. That they had put it over on them. Yeah, because they... they didn't have to worry about getting like raped and killed and stolen. From. It was a it was a really good monologue in yeah. that scene, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he goes back home now, beaten the fuck up, he's bloodied got a and disgusting. Pretty bad shiner, and he's he's like he's like mentally he just looks gone, like he's the you know thousand yard stare, whatever they call it. Yep. 
uh, you know, his wife's just like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Like, Did you get a job? And he's just, like, quiet. Like, just bloody. Sitting on the chair. Uh, and his wife left the TV on, which has no signal. But then the TV talks to him. Yep. Of course it tells does. him, you're full of shit, Frankie. You know what you did. Yep. Like, you shot everybody. You shot your own men. Yep. And you tried to desert. Yep. He, after he, you know, he claims, like, I... I I was deserting, but I didn't want to become like them. He's like, mm, you were you were already gone, friend. Yeah. You died in Saigon. You did die. In, yeah, he kind of just admits, like, I, I did die in Saigon. And then he says, you know, I need to save my family. Yep. Considering how he saved those Vietnamese people. How do you think that turns out? Not well. Probably, probably a really disturbing scene. Yeah. Probably. Uh, and by say probably, it absolutely is. If you had been having a not-so-great time with the movie up until this point in the final five to ten the minutes... The part where he, he um, just kind of, he's just straight up, like, in, like, flashback mode. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. It's yeah. in the DVD menu by, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, I, yeah, it's, uh... Trauma. Yep, it's Trauma. If you know... <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about trauma another time. Right. Not going to get into them. But they're kind of known for schlocky-ass 80s shit. Yeah. Um, but this is a... You you wouldn't know that they're associated if you're familiar with... If you're a little familiar with trauma. Good menu. In this scene, where he's just in flashback mode, it's just like... Black background, just nothing but the glow of a TV screen or a, yeah. pro- a projector. projector screen projecting onto his face. Like all the shit he did in Vietnam. And it's yeah. it goes on for like a solid minute or two. It's really good. And like this, it's just like disjointed ass like synth mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. It's really good. It's very good, yeah. It's, it makes, it makes, if you, if you were having a hard time, yeah, with the rest of the film, like you said, the last like but, few scenes, yeah. like really... Makes it all worth it, I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. You'd have to see it for yourself. I will say that. I would say that it's worth it as far as like that last 15 minutes of the... 15, 20 minutes of that film. It's, uh, I would say it's worth it. Yeah. You know, like uh, all of the dark, dismal shit to get to this climax. It's pretty okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it reaches its... The, the, the worst conclusion you could possibly imagine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wife is pregnant, going to have a kid in three months. They've got alien baby, uh-huh. and Frankie's home now completely snapped. The TV like pops with a gunshot. Yeah, and like starts smoking. Uh-huh. He uh, goes ahead and uh, grabs the gun, the gun, and um, comes back into like that. He puts the room. gun and the bullets on the kitchen counter, uh-huh. and then loads it up. Loads it back up because he left the shells at the other crime scene. Yep. And then, yeah, it goes into the bedroom where uh, Kathy is trying to console the baby. That will not stop crying still. And uh, holds, he's just kind of shuffling into the room, holding the gun up. Mm-hmm. Almost knocks over a lamp. He's like, Kathy, I love you. And she turns around and just shoots her right in the sternum. Yep. And then uh, you think she's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's laying on the ground, and then all of a sudden just starts convulsing. Yeah, it's, it's really bleeding. disturbing. It's, she's bleeding a fuckload out of her bad. mouth, and it's it's. And he's mm-hmm. screaming at her to die. Yeah, like, so he shoots her a couple more times. Yeah, yeah, just like then, wants her to die quickly. Yeah, 
Um, and then she's dead. Yep. Probably. And then uh, the baby cries again and gets his attention. Yep. And uh, doesn't waste a lot of time uh, just kind of shooting the baby. They show it. Yeah. Um, and the, it's uh, very disturbing. Just the baby gets blown back by the... By the gunshot into the side of the crib. Uh-huh. Immediately stop. Well... Kind of stops crying, starts gurgling. Yep, yeah, yeah they, they, yep, that happens to the baby too. Yeah, just spitting blood out of its mouth. It's incredibly graphic. Yeah, and then uh, he carries the baby to the kitchen, holding it kind of like he would, uh, like you hold a baby. Yeah, like a like living normal baby. Like you'd hold your newborn baby. Yeah, and then uh, for some reason. Yeah, I don't understand this. I was trying to grasp some idea. Why you would do that? Yeah. I mean, at this it's point, just, like, why should you explain it? Right, yeah. Like he's, Baby's just bleeding all over his fucking shoes, all over the floor. The blood looks, like, real. Yeah. The blood looks real. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I feel like they had to have gotten like, a whole bunch of, like, like meat. They went to, like, a slaughterhouse and, yeah, like, scooped like, up blood. Yeah, they're like, because you can buy some blood from specific butchers mm-hmm. and they'll be like yeah okay you know, like, I, know George, I know George Romero bought like guts and shit yeah for like the feeding scenes in like Night of the Living Dead yeah like it's a, it's a stellar idea what looks more real than real guts and yeah. real blood um, so he fucking sets the oven temperature to about 600 degrees opens up the oven while it's preheating and uh, puts baby in to bake yeah. And uh, just closes up the uh, the oven door. And tries to fetch a glass of water. But the water's been turned off because he hasn't paid that bill. And then uh, goes and just drinks a glass of shitty milk. Yep, sour, thick, chunky-ass fucking ugh. Sitting on the kitchen table, just gulping this milk down. Uh, yep. We're shown uh, blood leaking out from under the oven. And like I think yep. maybe a little bit of smoke. Yep. And then uh, you hear the police knocking at the door. Yep. After he finishes his glass. Yep. And then just kind of like, well, you know, it's relaxing time's over. Yep. Picks up the gun and then uh, blows his brains out. Yep. And then he slides down the side of the wall. Lots of blood. Yeah. Just squirting out the side of the head. And then, like, I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, the cops are like... What, what's blocking this door? And then they, like, jam so it open. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. I don't know if I blocked it out or if I just wasn't looking at that point, but I think that's just kind of how it fades out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of fades to fades to black. No, oh, it shows... And then it shows the night train. The, yeah, train leaving. He says, like, I go back there every night. Yeah. There yeah. was some really good dialogue from Frankie that was delivered very well in several scenes it does a very good job setting the atmosphere for shitty, very, yeah, awful, just oppressive, stem. shitty poverty. Yeah, like horrible. If horrible you are poverty. in a bad place, don't watch this movie. Yeah, because it will put you in a fucking funk. That's for sure. Uh huh. And um, you know, like you gotta have that sort of patience that you had with uh, with Eraserhead. But uh, realize that you're not gonna have like the same visuals and it's um I would say it's a little faster moving than Eraserhead. Yeah. But yeah. Another thing I want to talk about. Uh, the main character's name is Frankie. Yep. Have you heard the song "Frankie Teardrop" by Suicide? I don't think so. No. It's about a guy who like 
is, lives with his wife and kid. He's 20 years old, and he uh, loses his job and is facing poverty, and uh-huh. he murders his wife and baby and then shoots himself. To save themselves from pretty much just kind of... For whatever reason. Yeah. Much, just... Yeah. In a shitty way, yeah. Sends it. Yeah. That's what Frankie Teardrop's about. Um, it's interesting. I, 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 I would have to imagine he heard that song and, like, maybe got influenced by that. Right. You would think so, because it's, I mean... Who knows, really? Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, there's suicide, a lot of... uh, The band Suicide was based out of New York. Mm-hmm. And around the time, I would imagine. Yeah, like, yeah, like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, so it very well could could be. And um, interesting story, you know, obviously we, uh, we get a lot of more movies, but we don't get a lot of movies about veterans coming back and dealing with, uh, with a lot of shit. Yeah, just We've the- had some, but, you know, like, uh, that actually delve deep into the uh, the effects of PTSD. Whether this is a, a, a correct, you know, uh, ideal um, I'm, case. I imagine I imagine <laughs> some actual combat veterans might find issue with this film. Yes, exactly. So I mean don't don't look at it like it's supposed to be some sort of like yeah, film like, about PTSD. Yeah, like look it's at it like shining that. a light on that. Yeah. It uh when it says, you know, oh, it's it's the most truthful and harrowing horror movie, I don't know if truthful's the right way to put it, but harrowing definitely fills the... Uh, From fills what the I hear of, like, living in New York in the 70s and kind of in general, we were in a pretty shitty economic mm-hmm. uh, recession. Yeah. Um, gas was going, you know, gas stations were running out of gas and prices mm-hmm. were really high. Yep. Like, it was looking pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Um... It was. I, mean, I, 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 I can't say it was on the level of combat shock, but right, based off real events. Right. Exactly. So I mean, uh, real, maybe real if you want to call it, yeah, maybe if you want to call it truthful in the aspect that it's not going to show you Hollywood's New York. Kind of the effects of poverty and mental illness, especially in an, uh, a Crime. deeply urban setting. Yeah. Where people have been essentially forgotten by any sort of uh, government. I mean, you, you know, have you have trash that's been sitting out so long that the meat in it is growing, you know, just covered in maggots, uh, gestating maggots, basically. Yeah. So I mean, um, overall, though, I would say, yeah. I mean, would I recommend this film? It really depends. Depends yeah. on like what you your taste. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's not like I don't I'm think gonna, you'll forget it though. You won't forget it, and um, it's not for everyone. But if you if you if you can get through like thirty minutes of this film. Watch it all the way. Yeah. Watch it all the way. I mean, it's... I don't really... I don't think you really have anything to add. No, it's, I don't uh, think that we really can add anything to Combat Shock. The whole time that we've been doing this, like, we kind of keep looking back to the DVD case without Frankie with a gun to his head, and it's just like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough couple of days. <laughs> just thinking about this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh... Oh, yeah, that was that was an experience. It was the first time either of us saw it, so... From my start um, to finish, yeah. Yeah, check it out sometime. Thanks for listening to the episode, and uh, hopefully you could deal with our crazy ramblings, <laughs> and uh, maybe we piqued your interest at least. I, I, I can't remember how I fucking heard about this thing, but that's... Neither here nor there. Doesn't matter anymore. I have it. Yep, you have it. We watched it. It's done. It's digested, and uh, I'm trying to keep and it. And now going. we have to live with that. Yep. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week.
you know, today is one of those days when anything that can go wrong does.